Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans analyze the heck out of the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. It's so funny that you said analyze the heck out of because I just edited one ten and you said those exact same words, but I'm into <laughs> it. <laughs> I try to switch it up. <laughs> I was was literally just here and you say analyze the heck out of I'm like oh my god I hope you're not saying that too often but like whatever listeners if you're keeping track let us know if we're repeating ourselves too much how could we better introduce the podcast (laughs) give us the feedback Anyway, uh, this week we are discussing Suddenly Everything Has Changed, the 15th episode of season one, which was written by Mark B. Perry, directed by David Carson, and originally aired on February 24th, 2004. And this is our last episode before the holiday season! Oh, snap! I can't believe we've aired this many episodes so far! (laughs) I know. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit sad taking a little bit of a break from all of you. And But I hope you use all this time to spend some time with your families and, you know, re-listen to our previous 14 episodes and this one. Feel free. Yes. It'll, make, it'll make our download numbers go up. <laughs> and you can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which that'll transition us to what Caitlin is about to share with us. So I wanted to share the review that official Hannah B. wrote for us. Jeremy and Caitlin do a phenomenal job of recapping OTH in depth. I especially love how they deep dive into the episodes, but don't use spoilers and reserve that especially for the end. So even if you haven't watched that episode of OTH yet, there is something for everyone with this podcast. Their banter and OTH puns are hilarious, and you can feel their love for this TV series through their recaps. Can't wait to listen to future episodes. Aww. Super sweet. That was so, so sweet. When do we use OTH puns? I know. (laughs) I mean, I guess we've made some jokes. (laughs) I mean, I'd like to think that we're very hilarious, but I'm like, oh my God, like somebody is like complimenting our puns. Now I feel pressure. I'm loving the fact that someone loves our banter. (laughs) AKA our arguments. Um, One that I really, I I do like that they... um, pointed out the fact that we have a spoiler-free segment and, uh, and a spoiler-full segment. Because I feel like that was something that you and I talked a lot about before we started this podcast. Yeah, we did. We weren't sure how to format it, but we definitely, like, I know I didn't want to not have spoilers. So then your idea was to do a bit of both, which I think definitely satisfies me because I cannot not talk about spoilers. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> I feel like the the more popular TV, and I'm not trying to say we were trying to jump on a trend, but we kind of were, um, but the more popular TV recap podcasts are spoiler-free, but I feel like you miss out on a little bit, too, when they are spoiler-free. So I feel like this is, like, yeah. the perfect combination of both. Like, you know, I like the fact that new fans can watch along with the podcast, and there, ha- and there are quite a few of you, and I, I love that, personally. Um, so yeah, they can jump in and not but worry about being spoiled and they could just like shut it off exactly and we've been we watched the show like when it was originally airing Mm -hmm. we've talked about the show so many times i feel like we just had to have these conversations and draw the connections between like what happens you know in season one to what happens later on it's just fun yeah it's especially been really excited too because like i don't think i've 
it's been so long since I watched season one, personally. So it is kind of funny, like, to know that, like, what happens in the ends. Yeah. And watching these episodes now, and you're like, huh. Like, this is where these characters end up, you know? Yeah, it's it's wild. Definitely. About that. <laughs> season one and season nine, like, it's really wild. <laughs> Always and Forever is spoiler-free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is a place where everything's better and everything's safe. When Lucas comes home from the hospital, Brooke surprises him with a newly decorated room, feng shui style. However, the gesture does not go as planned because Lucas, still hung up on Peyton, breaks up with Brooke and reunites with Peyton. The potential lovers plan to tell Brooke about their relationship once things settle down, but Peyton starts to feel guilty about the secret once she sees Brooke's devastation with her own eyes. When he notices Peyton avoiding him, Lucas heads to her house, even though he is still healing from surgery. When he gets there, he comes down with a fever, giving Peyton no other choice but to call his mom. While this is all happening, Brooke stops by Lucas's house and sees his webcam on, which of course shows Lucas in Peyton's room. The big reveal at the end of the episode is Brooke confronting Peyton about her secret relationship with Lucas. Oh, shit. So crazy. Meanwhile, Deb and Dan's divorce proceedings get messier and messier as they fight over Nathan. This makes Nathan conflicted about who he wants to live with. But in the end, Zan manipulates the situation and sways Nathan to live with him because of a supposedly awful secret about Deb. In other news, Karen and Keith have woes of their own. Karen still can't seem to forgive him for drinking during the night of the accident, and Keith is increasingly more upset about this. On top of that, he now has financial struggles after using all of his savings to pay Lucas's medical bills and ends up putting a body shop for sale. But on a lighter note, Jake gets a job at Karen's cafe, and after experiencing issues juggling fatherhood and the job, Karen sets up Lucas's old crib in the cafe so Jake can easily do both. And Haley sings for Nathan and surprises us all with her beautiful voice. Aww. Changing the locks at Dan's house, I'm Caitlin Illinich. And scrapbooking with my ex-boyfriend's mother, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. (laughs) That's a really good one. (laughs) I don't know why I find that so funny. I cannot imagine you scrapbooking. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. Why? I am totally, I am totally a scrapbooker. Okay, I'm totally not. I love, I actually love to scrapbook. Really? Yeah. Huh. That that should be my intro, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. And then the fact that, like, Brooke is doing that with Karen is just kind of crazy to me. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Jeez, Caitlin, now I feel the need to prove you wrong. Now I gotta, like, start scrapbooking, apparently. Like, what is this? Isn't my Instagram enough? My Instagram is enough. Yeah, it is like a digital scrapbook. Yeah. I just posted a photo of myself sitting in the bathtub on my Instagram page. (laughs) Did you really? I really did. So, I'm just saying, like, if you want to go back and see it, go back and scroll. Oh, wow. I guess you really are creating a scrapbook, then. Totally. My Instagram is RodriguezJeremy underscore. It's the same as my Twitter, but with an underscore at the end. So, feel free to give me a follow. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on from bathtubs. (laughs) This episode was titled after the song... 
Suddenly everything has changed. Death anxiety caused by moments of boredom. By the flaming lips. Very long-winded title. <laughs> yeah. What were your what were your thoughts about the song? Um, I felt like the song had kind of a haunting quality to it, personally. Like, I don't know, it just seemed like a type of song that, like, it's like when something haunts you. And I feel like mostly this song is about grief. Like, when you're caught up in, like, specific mundane moments, and you realize that, like, oh, things are different now. I know you and I were talking about the episode, we were talking about the song previously, and you were laughing at how the song began with, what does it say, like, buying the vegetables or, like, Putting all the vegetables away. (laughs) I think that's a really funny way to start a song. I'm sorry. (laughs) Caitlin apologizes to the flaming lips if you are interested, if you are listening. Because it's like a serious, it has like a serious tone to the song. And that lyric just is kind of funny to me. I don't know why. I agree with you, though. It really is about the small moments that kind of make you stop and grieve all over again. Or as a reminder of, like, someone who is really special to you that maybe died or is no longer in your life. And, and that moment just kind of, yeah, brings you back to remembering yeah, and the one particular scene that really stood out to me is at the very beginning of the episode when um, Karen sees Lucas looking for something by his hospital bed, and then Karen's like, what are you doing? And then and then Lucas says, oh, I'm just looking for the book that Keith dropped off. And then at the mention of Keith's name, Karen's like face just drops. And she was so cheerful before that. So it just shows, like, okay, Keith was is being brought up in conversation, now, suddenly everything has changed. Like, Keith isn't this source of happiness anymore. Now it's this, like, source of dread, unfortunately. That's a really good connection. I didn't really, I didn't make that connection at all or even really pay close attention to that moment. Yeah. And I only noticed that in my second watch. Like, because I was like, oh, what does the song really have to do with anything? But, you know, I don't know. That particular moment, like, really stood out to me as connected to the song, personally. Yeah, and in that way, it's not even about grief. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, even b- before, it could be about like someone who's no longer in your life also. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a type of grief, you know? Yeah, like I imagine too, if um, like the next time Brooke plays pool at a bar, she is going to think of it out differently because she'll be like, oh, Lucas and I used to play pool. That's true. And that little moment that seems, you know, innocent and it doesn't seem like it's that important could draw you back into those feelings. Exactly. She could be having, like, the time of her life playing pool, like, with some, like, really good friends. And then I'll be like, oh, shit, Lucas and I used to do this, you know? That reminds me, actually, of an episode of Buffy. And I know I'm trying to get you to watch Buffy, so I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I am going to watch it. I promise. (laughs) What's your connection? Yes. Um, so, you know, what I'm about to say about Buffy, like, there's so many people who die on Buffy, so this isn't spoiling anything for you by saying somebody does die. Um, <laughs> one character dies, and then this other character is drinking fruit punch, and then that character gets starts to cry because then she starts to realize, like, oh, God, this person is never going to have fruit punch again. Oh, wow. And it's, like, this, like, big epic speech, and it's, like, that's a really, like, heart-wrenching moment in the show, but that's a completely different podcasts but i don't know i just thought about that particular scene when i was like thinking about this song and its connection to the characters of one tree hill i bet we could come come up with i mean obviously this would be spoilers but we could come up with a lot of things from one tree hill yeah i mean so (laughs) there are deaths 
but you don't know who. <laughs> Nuh-uh, everybody survives in the show, Caitlin. Everybody is great. Everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk a little bit about Karen and Keith's dynamic now that we, you know, which is like 300 conversations ago. <laughs> I just feel so bad for Keith. He's in a terrible place right now because he has to basically sneak around to see Lucas. He went when Karen to the house when Karen wasn't there. And then Karen ends up showing up anyway. Yeah, but I feel like Karen would have let Keith see Lucas. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's not that she wouldn't let him. He felt like he had to. Yeah, he felt like he had to. Yeah, I could get that, yeah. but And then on top of that, he has all these financial issues because he was trying to do the right thing. Oh my god. It's it's just it's very sad. I don't know why I just laughed. About what are your disabled. thoughts? It's not funny, Jeremy. <laughs> it's not funny, but it was just funny how you like react, like you rolled your eyes, You're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners can't see me, see me do that, I know or my face. So, <laughs> well, that's why I'm here for the narration. <laughs> Honestly, like, mm, like I understand. I, I do feel bad for Keith. Don't get me wrong, because like, Keith does feel bad about this. And there's nothing he can do to fix it. Like, he can't, like, make the accident not happen. But I also feel like nobody has really given Karen space to be angry. And that I don't really appreciate. Like, I feel like Lucas is making him feel guilty. I just don't think it was a good look at all, personally. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. I get that she's upset. I guess, yeah, I have I have space for that. <laughs> Taking my catchphrase. I mean, she honestly thought that she was going to lose her son, and he was in a coma. So that is pretty terrifying. I, it just comes back to, once again, like, I don't understand how Keith was... He wasn't really drunk. He was more nervous <laughs> than anything. Yeah, exactly. His nerves were... I personally, this is my perspective on it. His nerves caused him to just turn at that at the red light. So... I don't know. I mean, he's only human. How do you know that's going to happen? It's an honest mistake. It could happen to anyone. I gotcha. But, but like, he would be angry. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. And, like, I feel like Lucas especially is being an ass. I think Keith's giving Karen space. So, I don't, I don't really have an issue with that. Yeah, like... He was not the one to approach her or anything. She showed up at the house, and Karen was the one who came to the garage to talk to Keith. And that's what he says, once I hear to look at me and see the person you used to see. And then Karen says, where does that leave us now? And he says, it doesn't. It's like, again, like, I feel like everybody is making Karen feel guilty for feeling the way she feels. And I don't personally like that. I get, like, it's frustrating for Keith because he's like, come on, I didn't I didn't mean for any of this to happen. I feel badly about it, but I feel like everybody should give Karen some space, especially Lucas. I don't like how he's like, why are you pushing someone out of your life who truly cares about you? <laughs> I love when Karen, like, spins it around. She's like, well, why are you talking about the whole situation with him and Brooke? And... I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Like, of course, I want them to just, like, you know, kiss and make up and, like, everything will be great. Of course, I want that. But I also want my girl Karen to, like, you know, have some space and to, you know, allow herself to really be angry. Yeah, those are valid points. Thank you. I think the whole situation is just frustrating for everyone. You know, Luke is frustrated about, you know, his arm and or his shoulder not being the same, potentially. 
Karen is frustrated because of obvious reasons that we've already stated, and Keith is frustrated because things have changed for him, and then now he's losing the body shop, so. Yeah, poor him. Um, But in the middle of all that, though, there's one particular scene that really stood out to me. Uh, Keith tells Lucas that, oh, you know, Dan was really great. He rescued you that night. And then Lucas says, like, well, where am I supposed to put that? And I, I don't know. I thought that was, like, really good because he's, like, conflicted because he's like, okay, like, yeah, I'm grateful that my life was saved by this guy, but he's still an asshole, you know? It doesn't outweigh everything else that he's done prior. Exactly, you know, yeah. In his 17 years. It was a nice thing to do. It was the right thing to do. But yeah, I agree with Luke. What? How is he supposed to process that? <laughs> yeah. But also, too, it's like, it's the bare minimum, too. Like, okay, like, yeah, somebody save your life. I mean, like, okay, great. Like, do you want a cookie? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Somebody could have died. Like, all right. Like, do you want a cookie for saving the life? I mean, like, I understand. Like, this is like Lucas's, like, internal feelings. It's not like... Like, Dan's not going up to Lucas to be like, oh, you know I saved your life. Shouldn't you be grateful? It's not like that. But if it was like that, I'd be like, oh, fuck you, Dan. I wouldn't put it past Dan. Yeah. And I don't think he ever does. I don't know if he ever does that. I don't think he does. But ugh. I don't think so either. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll say in a few episodes, I guess. So Jake is now working at Karen's Cafe. Or kind of. <laughs> he went in one day. And then his dad calls him and he had to leave right away, which I feel bad because he's trying to be responsible and Mm -hmm. now it's not working out. So it was really sweet that Karen brought that crib in so he can bring Jenny to work if he needs to. It was like super sweet. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But also like, (laughs) this this isn't spoiling anything at all, but like, I don't remember Jake ever working at Karen's Cafe after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Do we ever see Jake actually working there? That's, that's, we might see him a few more times, but it's not maybe, that much. yeah. But, like, I mean, you know, we're supposed to be understanding the facts, like, okay, great, like, you can still work at Karen's Cafe, still make money, but I don't think we ever see him personally. I know. He's not really, really prominent at the cafe. But I love that Karen and Jake have a connection, though. Oh, yeah. Just being yo- young parents. And I, mm-hmm. I like that they drew that connection. Yeah, Karen says, I, you know, I wasn't much um, older than you when I had Lucas, and sometimes it's hard to ask for help. And then she's like, get to work. God, I love Karen. She's one of the few people that really can understand what he's going through and the struggles that he's dealing with. The writers did a good job in drawing that connection and having those characters interact. Yeah, totally. That was one of the sweeter moments in this episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um... <laughs> A storyline that is not so sweet is Dan and Deb's divorce slash custody battle shit. I hate to, like, bring up, like, logistics here, but why are they fighting over for custody over a 17-year-old kid? I was thinking the exact same thing. He is 17. <laughs> he should be able to decide where he lives. Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a power play for Dan. Like, I understand it's a power play for Dan. And, um... Deb, like, she's worried about her secret getting out. Yeah. We don't know what that secret is at this current moment, but she is worried about that secret getting out. So, like, I understand why why it's happening, but at the same time, like, he's 17. Like, he's going to decide who he wants to live with eventually anyway. I know. It's just a means for Dan to manipulate the situation. Deb is the one who honestly is worried about Nathan, 
and truly wants him to live with her because she has so many concerns about Dan, and rightfully so. Dan, yeah, he just does it to manipulate, and it's not fair. I agree, yeah. But still, like, how much, how long can you use Nathan as leverage, though? I know. He is 17 years old. Yeah, if he was, like, 10, then great. Like, you could use him as, you could use him as blackmail for the next eight years, or, like, five. You could use him for, like, however many years that is. But it's just weird to me, personally. It's very strange. But... I like that Nathan um, ends up, like, doing his own little research, and I like that um, Haley helps him do some research to figure out his rights. And you notice she, she has a Dell computer, and she <laughs> she looks up on the search engine, it's internet search. <laughs> I don't know, that just gave me a little chuckle. <laughs> oh, internet search, because I guess they couldn't use Google. They couldn't use the word Google or anything like that. <laughs> It's like another tech thing. They have Jake bring the PlayStation 2. Yes! PlayStation 2, (laughs) that was the golden age of gaming, baby. Oh my god. (laughs) That's an expensive gift that they gave him. I know, right? I don't know. First off, I want to know how many people are on a basketball team. You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm trying to think of how much a PS2 would have been in 2003 or 2000 this episode aired in 2004 but for all we know it could be taking place in 2003 so how, how much did each person have to pay plus the money for the games and everything like that all right so you're I'm thinking like, way too far into this i'm just saying like okay like you know maybe if like everybody maybe if the cheerleading squad got involved too like i'm like okay that's kind of cool like i'm like i wish you know suddenly <laughs> suddenly i understand why people get involved in team sports that would be me. I would join the basketball team and then just, like, wait until I got injured so they could buy me a PS2 and then leave. <laughs> You're too funny. Oh, my gosh. But I'm terrible. <laughs> oh. I love how half of this podcast is like, okay, Jeremy, you're thinking way too in-depth into this. <laughs> No one cares. Let's move on. <laughs> People care. Send me a um, video game controller emoji if you care. Or send it to us. Send it to alwaysothpod on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So Caitlin can see that message too. All right. Let's talk about the big guns in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the breakup. Yes. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I have so many mixed feelings. Yeah. About this, obviously. But before we get into that, we actually received a message about this episode. This message is from Jenna. They wrote, gosh, the scene of Brooke crying at the mall to Peyton kills me every damn time. I also love how much Karen and Brooke bond in this episode. And I completely agree with all of those points. I... Okay, I think the Karen and Brooke bonding thing is a little much. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Why? Why does she stop over Lucas's house? Like, to give him tea. All right, and she's chilling with his mom as he's sleeping in the other room. I don't know. It, it's like they just, bro- they literally just broke up. I know she cares and this really shows that she cares. But to listeners at home, my <laughs> arms are crossed right now, and I am smirking at Caitlin right now. I guess that's why I laughed about the scrapbooking thing so much in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just making fun of Brooke. Okay, I see why you're laughing. All right, all right, Caitlin. I don't know if I have space for this, but okay. Uh, 
Jeez, one one of our one of our reviewers said that they liked our banter, so like we're just gonna give it like heightens right now. <laughs> but I don't know, like I feel like if I was broke in that situation and I genuinely did care about Lucas, I would have dropped the tea off and been like, okay, I just wanted to drop it off. I'm gonna leave right now, bye, and then just left. Exactly. I probably wouldn't have stuck around and like scrapbooks with Karen. But then again, like, I have space for this because Brooke bonded with Karen in the previous episodes. Yeah, I know. It's definitely developing. I get the reason for it. It's developing their relationship. But in the same way, I don't know. You know, you said it's like an act of desperation to get to Lucas. I really don't think it was that, honestly. I think she genuinely did care. She did care about both bonding with both bottom with Lucas and dropping off that tea. Wouldn't she think, though, that it would be a little awkward if Lucas was, like, right there when she walked in? You would think that there would be some tension and awkwardness. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, I personally wouldn't do something like that, so (laughs) maybe that's why I'm judging a little bit more. I probably would have dropped off the tea and then just left, because I don't know. Yeah. I still care. But I agree with Jenna about Brooke crying at the mall. It's really kind of gut-wrenching. Yeah, and then and then Peyton outright lies about, um, she says that her phone was all out of whack. She and Lucas are overdue in telling Brooke, but because of the accident, that screwed everything up. I mean, Brooke is crying in front of you. Uh, it's awful. It's awful that Peyton lied. It is. Yeah. I, I see why she did in that moment, because she wasn't expecting to run into Brooke, but... yeah. But then, I don't know, like, I'm kind of, like, hmm. I definitely understand why both Peyton and Lucas, like, lied in the situation. Earlier, when Lucas broke up, he just says, like, I need some time to figure things out. Yeah. Um, I understand, like, you know, why he didn't necessarily want to break that news to Brooke right then and there. Yeah. Because, you know, he wanted to to be with Peyton, but he didn't want to necessarily tell that story for Peyton. I don't know, I feel like that would just be impolite. But then, like, when Peyton comes into the room now, like, she has no regret whatsoever, it seems, of just, like, ignoring Brooke's phone call while she's lying there with Lucas. And I don't know, that was uncomfortable to me. Yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable. I think it was made to be uncomfortable. You see her calling across the screen of the cell phone in the middle of this moment where Lucas and Peyton are, like, happy to see each other. Yeah. Also, I love how on the cell phone it says Brooke Cell. Yeah. Do you remember, like, back in the day when you would just put, like, somebody's name and then the word cell next to it? Yeah. Because kids, back in the day, people used to have home numbers, too. (laughs) So you had to differentiate between cell and home. Oh, man, that's so funny. (laughs) I don't know, that was, like, a data technology reference that stood out to me. All the technology, cell phone technology, is really dated. (laughs) It's really funny. But, I don't know, for this entire episode, I can't help but just not feel bad for Lucas, specifically. You feel bad for Lucas? I don't feel bad for Lucas, oh, I mean. I, th- <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I do not feel bad for Lucas. I do feel, like, I understand why Peyton was lying. And as we know, like, later on, she ends up telling Lucas that she can't be with him because Brooke was there for her when her mom died. And it would just be disrespectful, honestly. Like, I understand, like, you know, like, Peyton's conflicted feelings or whatnot. Lucas literally has nothing to lose. Like, I literally have, I don't know. He can walk away from both of them, and that's that, you know? Yeah. But Brooke and Peyton are best friends. 
and have been for a long time. I mean, think about it. If you were in this situation, who are you going to be more upset with? Your best friend or your boyfriend? Best friend, I would say. Yeah, I would say best friend too. Especially when there's like so much history there and whatnot. It's uh-huh. It's just awful. And it's not as forgivable because it says a lot about your friendship and what that means to the other person. And the re- big reveal at the end of the episode where Brooke comes in and she says that she saw them on the webcam is like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I feel for Brooke, but I really feel for Peyton because this was not how things were supposed to go down. And she didn't want Brooke to have to find out like this. Like it was a secret that was being kept from her. This was the worst possible way for things to go down. Yeah, she was, Peyton was sort of hoping to bury the whole thing, honestly. Yeah. And it didn't turn out to be that way, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it ended up coming back to bite her in the ass. It really did. But let's talk a little bit more about that reveal, though. I like how that reveal was done, because we see... Agreed. Yeah, because we see Brooke, like, you know, walk into the bedroom to check on Lucas. But, like, we don't get any context behind that. We literally just see her walk in. We do, And, yeah. you know, we know later that she she's looking at the webcam. She sees Lucas and Peyton together. But the audience doesn't know. Yeah, and she's standing in his empty bedroom. So basically, she's just looking around. She sees that he's not even there. Yeah. If you rewatch the scene now and what you know, you will see a moment where she's like looking off into the corner. And that's where you can make the connection. Like, okay, she's looking at the webcam there. Yeah. And I do give Brooke a lot of props for going to the hospital and mm-hmm. acting like she didn't see anything because she knew, like, this isn't the time to bring this up. Yeah. And, you know, that's when, she, I mean, that entire moment, that's when she catches, like, both Peyton and Lucas in a lie. You know, later on in Peyton's bedroom, she tries to catch Peyton in a lie again, and that's when it all happens, and everything just blows up, unfortunately. And she asks that question, what's worse, lying behind my back or lying to my face? Something like that, right? Yeah. I have that quote written down, I figured you did. <laughs> Read the quote, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, this is my favorite quote. I'm spoiling the shit out of it. Okay. Oh, well. So Peyton says, everything turned out okay. And then Brooke's like, no, not really. I don't know what hurts worse. You and Lucas sneaking around behind my back or you lying about it to my face. And then that's when Peyton's like, Brooke. And then Brooke says, no, the next time you want to steal my boyfriends, you might want to turn that thing off. She looks to the webcam. I went into his room to check on him and his computer was on. I know you two were together. He meant everything to me, Peyton. And I was ready to try and be his friend if that's what he needed. And now I don't really care if I see either one of you again. She walks out. Peyton looks at the webcam. Lucas is watching her on a screen. End of episode. And Lucas makes the connection about everything that just went down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look at you choosing a really long quote. That's usually my thing. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be fair, only the... The last thing that Brooke says is my favorite part. Um, actually, no, the first part is, I would say. the I don't know what what hurts worse. You would Lucas yeah. sneaking around behind my back or you lied about it to my face. Because that quote is used so much in future previous Leons for the series. That, like, I don't know, it just stands out to me so much. It, it's just so heart-wrenching. It is heart-wrenching. And I didn't choose it because I didn't know if it was too depressing of a quote to choose. <laughs> <laughs> so I choose something else. But <laughs> okay, we'll get we'll get to that later. Yeah. But 
The one that I really did enjoy about this whole entire storyline, though, because I, I feel like, um, I feel like up until this point, Brooke was sort of treated as like inconsequential. Like she's like an unfortunate obstacle for Lucas and Peyton getting together. And at this moment, she's treated as a full fledged person where it's like, okay, now Lucas and um, Peyton, they didn't get together, but they could have gotten together. Now there's a hurt person here. And I know me, like, you know, I've said this before, I used to ship Lucas and Peyton during season one and whatnot, but at this moment, this is when I started to feel like, oh god, now I feel bad for shipping them, because now there's somebody who's actually in pain here. It's really an unfortunate situation, because you have these moments in the episode where Peyton and Lucas are reuniting, and they're happy to be with each other, and then you have this whole other storyline with Brooke being upset and crying and just... Being feeling betrayed, which she should feel betrayed. And as a first time viewer, I really wonder what people are thinking. Share us. Share <laughs> with us. <laughs> Share us. Share with us your thoughts. <laughs> I can't speak today, but whatever. Um, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm curious to hear a first time viewer's thoughts because. How how do they see the situation? I feel like I'm seeing it differently because, you know, I know what happens. Yeah. And you're still like, you're still like a Lucas and Peyton shipper. But I feel like, you know, you're, you're, bi- I'm not trying to like attack you. I'm just saying like your bias comes in a little bit because you know, like, exactly. <laughs> you know what's to come. Just like I still ship Lucas and Brooke because I know what's to come, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, who knows where this adventure will lead us. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit, though, and I want to talk about how it seems like Lucas was putting a lot of pressure on Peyton to get together. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? I mean, even before the accident, he was putting pressure on Peyton because he he wanted to tell Brooke. He was adamant about that, and then... Well, yeah, yeah, and we touched on that, yeah. See, the thing is, Peyton is seeing... Brooke is opening up to Peyton about how she feels about Lucas. So Peyton is seeing, like, Brooke's true feelings. She confessed that she loves Lucas right before the accident. So Lucas doesn't even know that yet. Does he? Does he know? No. I don't think so. There was the episode where Peyton and Brooke, um, they cheat in a hotel room, and then Brooke just gives a passing acknowledgement of, I love you. And then Lucas is just like, me too, bye. But, like, I don't know if he really, like, absorbed it. Like, if he really knows, like, oh, she loves me. It wasn't a moment that they had together. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't... Now that you bring that up, yeah, I never even thought about that. Like, Lucas is... I don't know. I feel like the more I'm watching the show, the more I just really dislike Lucas and just love Brooke and Peyton even more. Yeah. Because... I don't know. Lucas is kind of a jackass. He said, you know, he keeps saying like, hey, like, I want to see you. Please, please, please. He's being more selfish while Peyton is considering Brooke's feelings. Yeah. And then he goes to her fucking house. Yeah. Like, she clearly said, no, dude, leave him alone or leave her alone. So I was really annoyed with that. Um, I saw a tweet from somebody a long time ago and I forgot who it was or what the exact words were. But somebody said that Lucas is the first reply guy. <laughs> and I just thought about this. Ep- when I was watching this episode, I kept thinking about that. What's that mean? So, like, I mean, reply guy is like this, you know, sort of broad term. But it's like when a, when a guy will just, like, reply to, like, 
to people's like lewd photos or whatever, or like you know salacious photos, mostly for women. So, um, in other words, Pey- Peyton is like the girl with an OnlyFans right now, <laughs> and Lucas is the one who's like, "You're re- hey, you're really beautiful. Can we get together? I miss you. I miss you." And the girl's like, "No, dude. Like, fuck off." Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's kind of a so- funny connection. <laughs> So Peyton was the first um, person to ever have an OnlyFans. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I But I definitely am viewing Lucas a little differently than I have in the past. Yeah. Well, maybe I won't even ship Brooke and Lucas together by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, you might not. Maybe I'll just be like, no, like, seriously, like, Brooke and Peyton, why don't they just get together with each other? <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? Wait, what? You're not going to let that go, are you? Have I mentioned, like, Brooke and Peyton getting together? I don't think I've mentioned that on the podcast. You haven't? I don't think so. Oh. Maybe I mentioned it's you in private. I mentioned Zeb and Karen getting together, and I still think that. But Brooke and Peyton, yeah, I don't think I've mentioned that on the podcast. Who who knows? We'll see. That's one thing that really sucks about having a podcast with your friend, because you're like, did I talk about this on a podcast, or did I just say it to you in private? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. <laughs> We've had so oh. many conversations about One Tree Hill through the years, and then lately, and this whole year, that it is all a blur. Honestly. <laughs> exactly. But whatever. Yeah, I guess. Deb and Karen get together. Brooke and Peyton get together. Lucas, he could just like, you know, at this current moment, Lucas could just go off and just be alone. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to a brainer note here. Yes. The lovely Coda. Yes. By Bethany Joy Lenz. She sang the song and played on the piano. The song was called Elsewhere. And it's a Sarah McLaughlin song. Oh, it was so beautiful. This sneaks up on you. Nothing was building towards this moment or anything, you know? Well, I mean, she said earlier in the episode, like, you know, I don't know. I always wanted to try singing. She said that to Nathan. Yeah, she said that, but that was the only time that we've seen it in this series so far. Yeah. I think this is just their way of saying, like, hey, like, because Bethany Joy Lynch, like, she she actually has a wonderful music career. If you ever check out her stuff, her music is great. So I feel like the show's producers are like, you know what? She has a very beautiful singing voice. We should try to get her to sing on the show. And this is their way of doing it. Probably. And thank goodness they did. I know. Her voice is lovely. Oh, totally. Um, The one that I wanted to know, though, is that Haley, all she said was that she wanted to sing. Did she already know how to play piano? I guess so. (laughs) Because that wasn't talked about at all. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was just so funny. Like, she sits down, like, you know, she's singing, and she's like, oh, great, she can sing, great. But I'm like, wait, she's playing the piano, too. Like, just because you can sing doesn't mean you know how to play the piano. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's super talented. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, maybe maybe she got piano lessons as a kid and she just remembered them and then just decides to sing along with it. I don't know. <laughs> I just like how it's revealed, like, she has a talent. Like, we're learning more about her character. And I, I really like that aspect of the scene. And it kind of served as this moment for, basically, Nathan says he wants to be in the moment with her. Nathan was kind of getting a break from all of the family drama. That's what this song kind of served as. Yeah, in that moment, he believed this is heaven for no (laughs) one else but him. You would bring the lyrics in there. (laughs) (laughs) But 
that, I really think that's what it, you know, it's a little on the nose. I think that's literally what was happening. And, it is, yeah. Agreed. And I like that, I like that that song tied everybody else's storyline in, too. Mm-hmm. There was the scene where Brooke confronts Peyton, the song plays in the background over that. Um, we see Nathan moving in with Dan. Uh, Keith puts Scott Auto Shop on sale, and we see that Keith is in the scrapbook, um, in Karen's scrapbook. So it's not like she was making this big scrapbook of Italy. She was actually caring about Keith, and she was like, "Look, see, I care about Keith." So I don't know. I feel like that was like a really good moment to say. Yeah. It, yeah. That's all. That song really. I'm just gonna agree with you. That song really did tie everything together. It's just another fantastic coda and a montage of different scenes that revealed, you know, some of the characters' decisions. It resolved some things in a way. I don't know if Nathan moving into Dan is really a resolution, but kind of for the moment, at least. <laughs> Yeah, it was sort of kept open-ended, though, because actually in that scene, it's not like we see Nathan walk into Dan's house, either. Mm-hmm. So it is sort of, like, kept open-ended. It's like, okay, yeah, like, maybe, like, once the once the camera is off, yeah, he physically goes into the house. I but... mean, he has a bunch of boxes with all his stuff, so. Yeah, so he does go into the house, but metaphorically, is he really in Dan's house? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something much deeper going on. Like, is he really at home with Dan? And he's not really at home, I don't think. We're oh, supposed to definitely. believe. definitely. He's questioning living with Dan. He knows what Dan's like. And then poor Sophia Bush slash Brooke Davis crying. Mm. <laughs> I've said this before. Like, I don't know. Like, I just love a good crying scene. Sophia Bush knows how to cry really well. Oh, my God. She totally does. And, like, talk as she's crying. <sighs> Like, mm, that's all. Love her. <laughs> I'm just sort of like, you know, swoon over her. Anyway. All, all right. right. So, so are you ready for our favorite moments? Quotes? Yes. Everything. Yeah. What was your favorite quote? Since I already gave mine. Yeah. You already shared yours. So the one that I, I had a hard time choosing one in this episode, actually. Like I said, I was going to go with yours, but. Then I wasn't sure if it was too depressing of a quote. I will always pick the depressing quote because I don't know. Like, I think that's my inner email. <laughs> it is your inner email. <laughs> so I chose one with Lucas and Peyton when they're sitting together on the porch. It was towards the very end. Lucas says, life short, Peyton. And Peyton responds, too short to live it as a bad person. Aww. So you don't think that quote was depressing? <laughs> it it is depressing now that I think about it. But it it makes you think about yeah how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. While they were happy together and they do want to be together, is it worth it in the end? It kind of makes you think a little bit. Yeah, totally. Well, that's a cute moment. What was your favorite musical moment? I'm between two, and I'm going to share both, and then depending on what you say, maybe I'll just like... I have a lot to say about the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Maybe I have to pick one then. So I'm between Bethany Joy Ladz's cover of Elsewhere and the song Come On by Ben... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Ben Jalen? Jalen? J-E-L-E-N? And it's the song that plays when Peyton reunites with Lucas in his bedroom. Just because, like, yeah, I may not like Lucas and Peyton together, but I do like that song playing in the backgrounds as the two of them are spending time in bed together. And I've said this before, I'm a sucker for an up-tempo love song. Yeah. The lyrics are like, come on. I'm sorry if that sounds terrible to listeners at home. Um, 
don't know. It was just pretty, honestly. Okay, that's my favorite. I'm going to say that's my favorite. That's funny because I think I'm, I have a lot to say about several songs here, but I, I oh. think I'm going to say that one's my favorite too. Go on. I'm going to I'm going to kick back and have a drink. <laughs> because it was an upbeat love song. And first I want to start off with this episode. Every Peyton and Lucas scene basically had fantastic music. I didn't even realize that was a thing until I started to get to the end of the episode. I'm like, wow. I started to notice that every scene I was really liking the song that, that was chosen. Okay. And Come On by Ben Jelen. I think is really upbeat and it just reflected how Peyton and Lucas were feeling in that moment. The song I Can't Make Me by Butterfly Boucher. Okay. What song did that play during? That played. What scene did that play? During. It was also up tempo. It kind of had this fun and flirty vibe to it. It was when Peyton and Lucas were IMing each other. Okay. You'll have to listen to it. It has like this flirty feeling to it. Even though Lucas really was the only one flirting in that moment because Peyton really didn't want to have anything to do with them. It makes you think, honestly, if it's yeah. that's like a flirty song. That's not a flirt that's not a flirty yeah. situation. Like Peyton's clearly saying no, dude. Very true. That just shows something right there. I didn't even notice there was a song playing in the background because I was so fixated on the fact like like Lucas, leave her the fuck alone. I wasn't even paying attention to the song, but I, I feel like the song is probably making you feel like, look, this is so romantic. Like Lucas just wants to be with Peyton. I'm like, no, it's not romantic. Okay. Sorry, keep yeah, going. So with it was your definitely giving that flirty vibe and maybe it doesn't fit the moment as well, but I do like the song. And then the third Lucas and Peyton scene when they're breaking up at the end and they're sitting on the porch. The song Dreaming by the Luxury Liners, please. Mm -hmm. It's a sad song. So like that tone really represents what they're feeling in that moment. So I feel like it kind of went through almost like a progression in a way. Oh, wow. Like of different feelings that they were having, or at least one of them was having throughout the course of the episode. And then obviously I loved Elsewhere by Bethany Joy Lenz. Duh. But... You know, if I have to choose one, I'm going to say Come On by Ben Jelen. But oh, look at I, us. I really liked all of those other songs, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even notice and that. I, That's I really interesting. I enjoyed the moments that they played in as well. That's That makes me kind of want to like... Um... Go back and listen to our playlist on Spotify, Jeremy. Yes, I will. <laughs> and I want to hear what your thoughts. Okay. Well, that kind of makes me want to like rewatch the episode a little bit because mm-hmm. I kind of want to... Um, pay attention to the music that's juxtaposed with each scene. Yeah, thought it was interesting. I haven't really caught, I haven't experienced that with an episode yet. We're like the same two characters, and I really loved the musical moments in each of those. Hmm, makes me wonder if they do stuff like this in the future with other characters. Yeah, now I'm curious. I felt like I kind of said that like it's easy. Why? I wonder if they're going to do that with the f- in the future. I really don't know if they do that in the future. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of the music from One Tree Hill, obviously, but I'm taking a much closer look at it now. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, that's going to be exciting to analyze. But what was your rating for the episode? So I give it four out of five webcams. Okay. I feel like the webcam is symbolic of, like, it really screwed things up, but (laughs) it's symbolic of, like, the main issue in this whole episode. But basically, I feel like I liked the storylines. I understand that, like, it's terrible what happened, but generally I liked the storylines in this episode. I felt like it was overall pretty entertaining, and it developed the characters a lot. 
And some things were resolved, some things were left open-ended, but we're definitely kind of moving forward. Yeah. The secret is no longer being kept, mm-hmm. you know, between Lucas and Peyton. So now we're going to see what comes after. What were your thoughts? Me, I, the episode's fine. It just, like, there were a few important things that happens, but it, it wasn't the greatest thing I've seen. Like, really, all she needs to know about this episode is that Brooke and Lucas broke up. Brooke now knows that <laughs> that Lucas and Peyton were cheating behind her back. That's really the only big thing that she really need out of this episode. I felt like everything else was sort of meh. Like, it could have, like, you know, been held in, like, other episodes somewhere. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, it was still an entertaining episode, so that's why I'm going to give it a three out of five internet searches on Dell computers. <laughs> just because, yeah, the episode's fine. It just wasn't super exciting. I was between a three and four, but I chose four. And one season one, there's like not a ton of episodes that I absolutely love or anything. And there's some that there are a lot like in the earlier and earlier in the season that were just okay to me. So this one I feel like was better than okay. So yeah, definitely. I think there's much better episodes for the remainder of the season oh, now because yeah. some mm, ooh, some wild shits about to happen. Definitely. Especially in the next one, which you will be able to hear us talk about after the holidays. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. That's always O-T-H-P-O-D. You can follow Jeremy Rodriguez on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. You can follow Caitlin Illinich on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing you. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your final reminder to turn this podcast off now if you do not want spoilers. Yeah, so let's talk about the implications behind Haley singing in Karen's Cafe. Man, this is the beginning of a lot of different storylines. First off, Chris <laughs> Keller in season two. So we're we're getting there. I can't wait to get to season two. Oh Me my god. <laughs> I feel like I'm kinda like, let's season one, let's let's come on, let's move on. Let's get to the finale where the good stuff happens and then let's move on to season two because there's so many better episodes in season two. I know, oh my God, yeah. It's so funny, like when you see Haley said in this episode, I don't think you, it's not pitched as a way to make you think that this is going to be the start of a bigger storyline. No, it, it isn't. But damn, it's a bigger storyline. Man. Haley goes on tour with Chris Keller. She, like, I wouldn't even say she, like, she didn't end her marriage with Nathan, but I feel like a lot of people felt that way back then. Oh, I can't uh, wait to talk about that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen those episodes, but what do you think about their whole breakup when Haley leaves to go on tour? Because I feel like back then I hated her, and nowadays I'm like, why couldn't she go on tour? Let her go on tour. I don't get why she couldn't go on tour. I guess because they just got married, but I think the whole Chris Keller thing was really kind of the big issue okay yeah i I almost forgot about that the fact that she was going on tour with him 
so yeah that's such a like a non-issue that i completely forgot that that was a thing but (laughs) yeah but i mean i don't know Haley was honest and she said like yeah chris and i kissed whatever (laughs) you know it happened she never like at first she lied to him yeah but she ended up like admitting to it that she was just saying like hey i'm just going on tour and I feel like, you know, the whole entire thing that um how Nathan gave up going to, like, whatever, basketball camp or whatever is used against her. It's like, look, he gave up going there, but you can't give this up? I'm like, that's camp. This is literally a big tour where you could get a shit ton of money. Come on. Yeah, I'm interested to see it all again. The details are a little fuzzy of how everything... I mean, I know how everything goes down, but I'm like... Curious to rewatch it, you know, and see if my opinion has changed. I don't think Haley personally handled it that well, but then she made it clear that she really wanted to be with him again, and then it took forever for Nathan to, like, take her back, and I thought that was dragged on and was ridiculous, so. Yeah. It didn't drag on as much as I thought it was going to, though, because, like, before we knew it, they got back together. I don't know. It was quite quite a bit, I thought. Well, when she, I mean... I'm not talking about, like, um season two and season three. I'm talking about when she finally comes back in the town. It's only nine episodes before the two of them get back together. Yeah. Because um, she comes back. I mean, well, she comes counted. back at the end of the Jeez. season. Two. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the season finale. It's the, not the season finale. It's yeah. the mid-season finale of season three. So nine. It might be ten. I'm not sure. But it's not too, you know, it's not too many. Yeah. Um, But between seasons two and three, it's forever. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree with that. But It drags into, yeah. Definitely. But, so so that's a whole big thing that we'll get to with her <laughs> career. What are some other moments with singing? Like, I feel like season four, not much happens with that. And five, she starts to work at the music studio at Trick with Peyton. That's seasons five and six. And those are some interesting storylines when she's working with artists like Mia. Kind of, kind of, like Mia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I what forgot her last say? name. <laughs> Catalana. Mia Catalana. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot. It's okay. <laughs> so. You're like, I don't want people to know I don't know her last name. I'm a fake fan. <laughs> and then she goes on tour again in the later seasons, too. And she has some really good songs mm-hmm. as we get into like season six, I think. Maybe five and six or some real good stuff. I remember good songs in season seven, specifically. Okay. In particular, there's Quicksands. Yeah. Um, Flying Machine. Oh, there's also Feel This. That comes in in season five. Yeah. And then um, there's another one I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm thinking about Halo in season three. That's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so good. Oh yes. my god, I love it. <laughs> I love it all. And then, of course, where the stars go blue. Tyler Hilton. Which we heard Tyler Hilton and Kate Vogel. Yes, we saw them in concert, like, oh, God, like, almost a year ago now at this point. It was last December. Yeah, wow. That seems like a million years ago with the pandemic and everything. When we can actually be in a crowded place. (laughs) Remember that? Oh, my God. That's so sad. Oh, my God. Um, That was a really great concert, though, because we we were, like, right. intimate. It was like, we were like right there. We literally were like two feet from them, basically. Two feet from the stage. That was wild. That's why, that's why, like, um, 
that was your first intimate concert, wasn't it? Like, that was your first, like, smaller scale concert. That was the most intimate concert I yeah. think I've ever been to. That's why I always appreciate those, because it's like, you know, when you go to, like, a big stadium show, it's like, it's so far away, you can't really see them, they're just this little tiny dot, and that one where it's like, we're right there, you could say hello to Kate Vogel and Tyler Hill, and they would hear you. <laughs> Just really cool. You could speak at the same volume that we're talking at right now and they would hear you. So you know what? I'm really excited to see Chris Keller because like, I don't know. I, I love Chris Keller. I know the Naily fans are going to hate me for saying that. You but know, like, he's just so, <laughs> he's so entertaining. You love to hate him. Yeah, exactly. Or hate to love him or whatever you want to call it. But when he came back in season nine, that was so fun. Like that was <laughs> such a fun surprise. I don't know. I love yeah. that. I love that he brought him back. I remember, like, people really, really hated him. Oh, yeah. Like, during, or, like, around season two. Yeah. Because people were like, no, he ruined Nathan and Haley. He's terrible. He's the worst. Oh, my God, we hate him. But I'm like, you can still like what he brings to the show, though. Yeah. Because he's very entertaining to watch on camera. I mean, it brought on some good storylines. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, yeah, you could you could want Nathan and Haley together, and of course we do, but, like, I don't know, I kind of like the... I kind of like how he came into the mix. And he brought some humor also. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I love him. And Tyler Helen, too. Tyler Helen just has a Tyler Helen has the voice of an angel. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love him. But I want to go back to that concert. <laughs> Was the, that wasn't the last time we went to something fun. Well, was it the last time I went to something fun? Probably. Like, that was the most fun, yeah. I mean, March, <laughs> everything went down. I mean, we saw each other, but... Yeah, like, wow. All that right. was the last well, fun thing we ever did. <laughs> well, that's sad. Well... <laughs> but on a brighter note, we do have the holidays coming up, and... Hopefully all of you are keeping yourself safe, keeping yourself warm, spending time with loved ones. But we will be back in early 2021. We promise the wait's not going to be too long, but we will we will miss you. Feel free to reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear from you. But when we return, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 16, The First Cut is the Deepest. Taken from our OTH DVD box sets, the description reads... Lonely after he's lost Brooke and Peyton, Lucas finds comfort in the arms of a tough-talking beauty who picks him up at a bar. Meanwhile, Nathan seeks a petition for emancipation in order to divorce his parents. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. ya.